0: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another devotional podcast uh, from the and Post. For those of you that have been following along, you know that we have been going through the book of 1 Corinthians, and we are going to take a look at uh, chapter 1, verses 10 to 13. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into the text. Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now, I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified uh, crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Once again, that's First Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 10 to 13. Based on the broader context of the New Testament, we see that the, the early church faced various challenges, including internal divisions, conflicts, and the need for guidance and unity. The apostles and the leaders like Paul and Peter played crucial roles in guiding and instructing the early believers emphasizing on the centrality of Christ and his teachings. Our passage this morning highlights the importance of unity in the church. Paul urges the Corinthians to all be on the same page and avoid getting divided. This suggests that there were conflicts and disagreements among the early Christians. And From this passage we can gather the following details. From the Bible text alone. Uh, information about Chloe is indeed limited. She's mentioned only once in the New, New Testament, which is in <clears throat> which is in this text. Chloe's household. It's indicated that some of Chloe's household members informed Paul about the quarrels within the Corinthian church. The nature of this household, whether it includes slaves or not, is not explicitly stated. And perhaps Chloe was one of the Chloe's houses was one of the places where uh, the church met at. We do know, um, what we do know is that someone from Chloe's household did some tattling. Uh, Someone was a tattletale. Well, according to the evidence from the New Testament, there seems to be um, multiple churches in the big city of Corinth, and and here's why. In 1 Corinthians, me see here in first Corinthians 16, 19. Paul writes, The churches in the province of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla also say hi, and so does the church that meets in their house. So we know that there was a a church in uh in the house of Aquila and Priscilla, and they were living in Rome. In second Cor- uh, Corinthians, sorry, first Corinthians. Um, chapter 1 11 to 12 Paul uh, discusses the divisions and the factions within the Corinthian church. people were picking sides aligning themselves with different leaders like Paul apollos and Cephas or, or Peter for those of you that may not know that that's who that's referring to and some were saying that they were even following Christ so this suggests that there might be there might have been different groups or gatherings associated around these leaders meaning again multiple, house churches um, could likely exist. Throughout the New Testament, we see mentions of believers meeting in different homes or households. For example, in Romans 6.5, greet the church that meets at their house, greet my dear friend Ep, um, Ep, Epentas, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. And so while the New Testament doesn't give us an exact number or specific details about house churches in Corinth, the references to different gatherings and households where believers met strongly suggest that they were, in fact, multiple house churches in the Corinthian community. Now we run into the Peter, um, Paul, Peter, and, Apostle, and Apollos problem. So according to our morning passage, the Corinthians align themselves with leaders like Apollos and Cephas or Peter or Christ himself, as we said earlier. This shows that factions or divisions were within the church with people supporting specific leaders or ideas. And this could have led to rivalries and competitions between these different groups. And figures like Paul and Apollos and Peter were significant leaders in the early church community, so they had followers and supporters among the Corinthians and their teachings carried weight. The book of Acts provides more information about their work and their ministry, but for the benefit of those who may not be familiar with these characters, we're just going to take a moment to do uh, a short bio. Paul is the one that we have been actually studying in the last um, few devotional series. Paul is well known as the Apostle Paul or St. Paul, and was, he was a significant figure in Christianity. He played a crucial role in spreading the teachings of jesus christ and establishing churches across the various region, regions and he also is the author of several of the letters one of which we are studying today peter was also known as saint peter or simon peter or cephas he was one of the 12 apostles jesus um, of jesus christ and he was a prominent disciple and leader among the early followers of jesus some often recognize peter as the first pope of the catholic church <clears throat> While others contend that, uh, or contest that rather, uh, Apollos was um, quite a big deal in the early Christian community. He was known for his impressive speaking skills and his in-depth understanding of the Scripture. When it came to spreading the message of Christ, Apollos played a crucial role, especially in Corinth, where his teachings and preachings profoundly impacted the believers there. You can you can check out Acts chapter 18. Um, to get more information there, but Apollos was originally um, an Alex- uh, Alexandrian Jew who had learned um, quite a bit about the ways of the Lord, and he had a real passion for the gospel and spoke about Jesus accurately. Although initially his knowledge was mostly limited to the to the baptism of John, but then something really cool happened. Aquila and Priscilla, who were also preaching the Christian message in Corinth, took apollos aside and gave him a more comprehensive understanding of the gospel and so which included an understanding of the holy spirit and the impact that the holy spirit has in in believers in the believers lives so they helped him out and after learning from uh, aquila and priscilla apollos hit the road and went to achaia and and over there he played a significant role in strengthening the faith of those who had already believed in jesus through god's grace So the people looked up to him. Apollos was known as a faithful co-worker in Christ. He worked closely with the influential leaders like Paul and was actively involved in spreading the good news of the gospel. So with his exceptional speaking skills, deep knowledge of the scriptures, and unwavering commitment to Jesus, he became an indispensable asset in the the early Christian movement. So Paul um, puts quite a bit of emotion into the phrase, I plead with you that you all speak the same thing in essence. In this passage passage, we can see Paul's emotional plea for unity. First Corinthians 110 arises from his understanding of Christ's teaching, the impact on their witness and the destructive nature of division. The distra- or and the distraction from the gospel and the desire for spiritual maturity um, to develop among among the Corinthian church. So with regards to Christ's teachings, Paul understood that unity was a core principle taught by Jesus. Jesus himself prayed for the unity of his followers in John 17, 20-23, expressing his desire that they be one as he and the Father are one. Therefore, Paul's plea for unity is totally in line with the teachings of Jesus Christ. And then he's concerned about the impact on witness, because divisions and factions within the church would harm the credibility and effectiveness of their witness to the world. A divided and fragmented church would not accurately reflect the gospel's transformative power and would actually hinder the spread of the message. And then there's the, the destructive nature of divisions. Paul recognized that divisions within the church were destructive to the body of Christ. They caused quarrels, contentions, and rivalries among believers. Hindering spiritual growth and the unity um, of and, and unity of purpose. Divisions could lead to a breakdown of community love, fellowship, and mutual support. And then then there is the, the aspect of the distraction away from the gospel because these divisions created around specific leaders or preferences threaten to overshadow the gospel's central message. Paul wanted the Corinthians to keep focused on Christ and his redemptive work rather than becoming preoccupied with personal allegiances or theological disputes. And finally, spiritual maturity. Paul desired that the the Corinthians would grow in their faith and mature spiritually. Unity and shared purpose were essential for their spiritual development and effective functioning of the church by joining together in the same mind and judgment, they could better reflect on the character of Christ and work together towards God's purpose. Well, application for today. We must remember the plea for unity in 1 Corinthians 1.10. Join our challenges and divisions and conflicts. Unity is not just an idea but it's a principle Christ teaches. He prayed for our oneness so that we would be a testimony of his transformative power. Divisions harm us and they they hinder our growth. They distract us from the gospel's central message and overshadow the love and the fellowship we should share. Let's, Let's align ourselves with something other than leaders or preferences but focus on Christ, the foundation of our faith. When we unite under his lordship, amazing things can happen. We grow spiritually, mature, and function effectively as this church. Our unity reflects the character, character of Christ and pro- pro- propels us forward into God's purposes. So let us set aside our in, our differences. Let's, let's embrace Christ's uh, teachings and strive for perfect unity. Together, we can we can show the world the reconciling power of the gospel and reflect the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the and Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit BrianPost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.